Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, editorial director, here with Mara Levinsky, senior editor. Hi, everyone. So, Mara, Bold and Beautiful is delivering yet another big surprise, which is that Quinn is about to discover Eric and Donna's affair. So more specifically, she finds them in bed together with Bridget by her side, no less. Um, And you know, once again, Brad Bell is really straying from his like baby Beth pacing formula because Uh this secret is coming out pretty quick by soap standards, I feel. But we'll see if this will pave the way for a Quinn Carter quarter reunion or not. But I really am happy to see Jennifer Garris getting so much you know, camera love is Donna, and to see Quinn taking more active role on the canvas. I mean, I will definitely be tuning in for this. You know, another fun on-air reveal was that Sheila's accomplice is none other than Mike Guthrie, played by Ken Haynes, who we first saw in 1993, but haven't seen since 2010. I was so freaking excited by the Mike reveal, and it made me so happy for Ken when I went on Twitter and saw just how many, like, longtime B&B fans were also doing proverbial cartwheels uh, at the sight of Mike. What uh, what a fun surprise. Like, I, I love a good so co-conspirator, a good sidekick, and Mike is a legend on that front. I just love everything about it. It draws on history. It makes total sense in terms of where the Sheila story is now that Mike would pop up. I give it an A+. Plus. Uh, and I've also got to give it a, a real serious shout out to Naomi Matsuda, the Emmy-nominated actress playing Lee. It is not easy to hold your own against Kimberlyn Brown, and she has really been killing it. You know, both of these women really have been. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I feel the show is really firing on all cylinders, which is why it's so perplexing that Brad and his writing team will not be on the list of nominees for Best Writing at the Emmys next weekend. I mean, I understand that it covered 2021, but really we are splitting hairs here. It's how I felt last year when Days' Ron Carlovati and co. didn't make the cut and there were only like three other shows on the list. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, but this year, Ron is nominated twice since Beyond Salem is also in contention, which is absolutely fantastic. But really, with five nominees in the other categories, how is it possible that B&B isn't in this one? Now, we are in the final countdown for the Emmys, and in the new issue, we spoke to each nominee about finding out they were on the list, what they submitted, 
who they're bringing in more, which I always get a kick out of reading. I love that section too. And I, I felt so lucky to get to talk to all of the nominees from the show that I covered, General Hospital, and celebrate a little bit with each of the actors. You know, for some, it's like far from their first rodeo. Nancy Lee Gron won her first Emmy back in 1989, for instance. But there's an excitement about someone's first nomination that I just love getting to experience. This year, that included Kelly Tiabon, who plays Britt, and Nicholas Chavez, who plays Spencer. There were even some tears in our conversation uh, when he reflected on what it means to him that at this time last year, he had never been on television before, and now he's an Emmy nominee. Uh, now, I actually talked to him more recently uh, since doing that interview, which, uh, if I remember correctly, was conducted like within a day of, uh, of him being nominated. So I can now confirm who he is bringing as his Emmy date, his little brother. That's just adorable. I just love all the little stories people share. Um, now, Days fans are all abuzz over Abigail getting killed, which is not surprising, especially in light of our conversation last week. But our guest today is the woman who played the role who was also nominated for a Daytime Emmy in the Lead Actress category. It's Marcy Miller. So let's get her on the line and find out how life has been since leaving Salem. Hi, Marcy. Hey, how's it going? Good. How's it going with you? Great, man. Sitting in the backyard in, Colo in a Colorado backyard. It's not so bad. So Sounds amazing. Um, well, we're so happy to talk to you this week. Obviously, this is a very big, pivotal moment in the life of Abigail and you because you have stopped airing on days and the character of Abigail has died. So first of all, let's talk. When did you first start thinking about leaving? Um, you know, it can't... I mean... Honestly, I, I was interested in maybe recurring, so it wasn't until we started having that dialogue that uh, an actual departure became uh, a more potential reality. Um, I was down to stick around part-time. We just couldn't find a way where schedules were actually going to work and everything. So then at that point, um, yeah, I guess it was probably, oh goodness, November, something like that, November, Christmas time, somewhere in there that, that we started having the discussion about, about an actual exit. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, what you were debating or, you know, the difference between contract and recurring for you and why that was a sticking point? Yeah, you know, it's just really hard with the way the show shoots. And I assume that it's this way for all soaps um, to just to do other things, other projects and whatnot. Um, and I kind of always like to dabble and, and come and go and try other things on for size. I feel like it makes me a better actor. It makes me better to, to go and play other characters and gain new experiences. I come back and I have new ideas and then days feels fresh again. And so I feel like it's really valuable for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah. And, and that particular year I had a couple of, of, films that I had auditioned for and was going to get to do, but then days couldn't make it work in my schedule. So, you know, and, and they didn't do anything wrong. You know, I signed a contract. They, they bought my time and fair, fair and square, but I just realized I was like, okay, I guess I, I think I have to like build in my um, opportunities to do these other things if I do want to do them. Um, and I do. So that's when I, I thought recurring could be a good option because then at that point um, days doesn't get first dibs every single week. You know, if it's a recurring status, if I get another job and I find out about that, then when days reaches out to me, I say, Hey, I already have this other job that I'm going to do, but, um, I'll be there whenever I'm done with this, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, and it's, 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 um, it's, it's disappointing, but it's, it's like a win, it's sort of a win, a win, win, you know, and, um, it's soap. So who knows 
who knows what can and might be someday. Who, who knows? I'm, I'm not trying to come back anytime soon right now, but um, I never close the door like forever, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when you did make the decision that, okay, recurring isn't going to work, I'm really going to go, um, mm-hmm. you know, how did you feel about that? It was, it was hard. It was, it was, um, it was sad. You know, it's bittersweet. I like the job. I love the people. I like the character. I like Chabby. I love working with Billy Flynn. Um, all of that. But then I am getting to, to lean hard into being a mom and hanging out with my daughter. And then like six weeks after I got done at days, I got this other film that I worked on. That's one of my like favorite things I've ever done probably in my life. And so it just, it, it was, it's been validating and affirming sort of every step of the way um, that the timing was, was, was good. And so that made it a little easier. It'd feel, feel a little lighter, but I always, I've, I've missed and mourned it every time I've walked out the door for the quote last time. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start telling, you know, your castmates, uh, the news and, and what kinds of reactions did you get? I kept it pretty quiet. I always sort of like to keep things under the radar and the nature of the way we shoot everything. You know, if someone's not directly in your storyline, you, you may or may not see them for weeks or months at a time. So, um, I wasn't really advertising that I was leaving. Um, I told, I told Billy, Billy knew, Billy and Sal Stowers knew every step of the way because they're kind of my, my homies, um, that I was discussing this and, and Billy was aware pretty much every step of the way too. just like, cause there was a time when I was going to stay forever. And there was a time I was like, I got to go. And then there was a time where I was like, maybe a little bit of both, maybe I'll recur. So he, in fairness to him and, and our partnership and, and all of that, I've, I've always been pretty transparent about sharing all of that stuff with him as it comes up, as I'm having discussions with um, producers and, and whatnot. I just feel like, it's fair. And I always value their opinion too. So, um, of course, disappoint, disappointed and sad. And I, as far as the rest of the cast, I guess I didn't really say too much about it, but because of the characters, um, impact on everybody on the show, you know, pretty much everybody had moments where they were, are told or has moments where they're told or find out that Abigail has passed away. So, the, a lot of the cast then was approaching me as they saw them in, in scripts and, and whatnot and saying, you know, then giving their, their nose and why, and why not? How comes? And, and, and all of that. So, um, but it was, it was, it was a hard, it, it was a hard one. You know, it's like on one hand, you're honored to lay the character to rest, to be the one who gets to do that for a character who's been there forever. On the other hand, I just, yeah, sort of wish they would have recast her and let her keep kicking, you know? Right. Well, how did you react when you heard that Abigail was going to die? I was really sad about it. I really was. Like, I really have always wanted to believe in Chad and Abigail and them, like, getting to a cool place and exploring some other interesting, you know, relationship story, blah, blah, blahs. Um, I, I was really, I was sad about it. I called Billy right away. The producer, uh, Albert Lauer, called me to give me the heads up just so that I wasn't, like, learning it cold, reading a script. And he said, I just want to let you know, we're going to kill Abigail. And um, it was a really hard decision, but I think it's just what's best. And, and I was like, man, okay. All right. I understand. And I understand like the weight of that. I understand that that's going to be really impactful to my coworkers and the audience and, and the show. And yeah, so I, it was, it was, 
feeling, I was feeling a little gloomy there for a minute. And, and people said that, like, as we were filming these scenes and, and whatnot, people said, it's like, man, it feels like a real death. Like, it really feels like somebody died. There was kind of this eerie, strange something in, in the air. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it's not, I guess I didn't, I didn't feel like sunshine and rainbows. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, watching it play out, you know, it is being treated like sort of a more traditional death rather than kind of a quote day's death that people yeah. can back from. So I feel like we really are going through the emotions with every character so far about like how they're reacting to Abigail dying. And it, it is mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I, I mean, I think the intention, I think it was like the intention of, I mean, you never say never in this genre, but I mean, I, I think it's written to be like sort of permanent or semi-permanent for now, you know, like, I, I, there's not been any discussion of me like coming back in six months or anything like that. It's being written as permanent as a day's death can be. Yes, precisely. (laughs) That's it. Yep. That's it. Um, so, you know, a lot of people, uh, don't want their role recast. You know, I think they, they would embrace the idea that the character ends with them. So if you, if you, if the character had gone on, uh, you know, you mentioned some relationship, blah, 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 with Chad. But what do you think, you know, an Abigail future would have held that you would you think would have been interesting for another actress to tackle? Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's, I've always wanted the characters to get like a little bit meatier and more in depth and in terms of like, you know, working through the junk and getting to a healthy place, like sort of getting to be on a similar page as their, um, like getting to, to be a team to, to fight whatever fill in the blank they're fighting at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, just to really see that companionship and that camaraderie and that relationship grow deeper. Um, I know they were sort of hinting at having another baby and just some more familiar, especially like Billy and I being new parents too. I think it could have been fun and interesting to explore some, some things with the kids more. Um, yeah, I mean, there, the, there's like 50,000 ideas you could, I feel like we, we could have, or, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's what it is for now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the death scenes. First of all, did you ever filmed a death scene before? I, yes, I had. Yes, 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 I had. Okay. So how would you rate this one? What was it like <laughs> for you to be sitting there and hearing all these like amazing things being said about Abigail over you? While we were shooting it. I was like super hormonal at the time and breastfeeding and the whole nine still. And so like the, I just like, I had these little tears that kept sneaking out because it was the weight of like it being the end and it being some of my last shows I was taping, but then like the juxtaposition between being a new mother and listening to this mother agonizing over the heartbreak of losing somebody and, or losing their daughter, not just somebody. I mean, very specifically your daughter. Um, yeah, it was, it was really emotional for me. And, and then also, again, eerie. I mean, you're on this dark, this cold autopsy table, you know, you go in there and it's metal and it's cold. And there's like this little piece that the, your head sits in and my head's literally really sitting in it. And then they pull the sheet over your head and there's this white light that's right above your face. And it's just this super surreal moment. And, and you can't help but think about death and going and what that looks like after it's taken place, like what happens to your body. It was just, yeah, all, all kinds of thoughts and, and feelings about it. So, so weird to shoot. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's, it's kind of like a blah feeling, you know, kind of like, blah. I don't really, you know, I, I could skip over those a lot of the times. It was like <laughs> bad, bad juju or something. Yeah. 
Um, now I feel like when we spoke to you for the last time, when you came back after having Willet, um, you said that as a mother, you kind of wished you could go back and play different scenes or mm. scenes differently because you had a different perspective. Do you feel maybe, I guess, I don't know if you would know this, but do you feel maybe had you not had a child, you would have felt differently in those scenes? Like, do you think have, being a mother now made them more resonant for you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it's just like this part of myself, I feel like, has been unlocked. Like, so this thing that people have been walking around knowing for eons that I just didn't know and hadn't accessed in myself. And, like, I, I just... I did not understand the relationship between mother and child and, and what that is. I, I understand loss. I understand heartbreak. I understand all of that. But there's something about it when it's a kid, like even, you know, all this stuff with Evaldi and everything that's going on. I mean, it just, it hits so much differently now that I, I feel like I understand that, that relationship. Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually thinking like, I think the hardest thing for me is like that she's a mother. You know, yes. Oh children my children not having uh, Abigail to, to raise them. Um, you know, but 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 you know, it makes for good soapy drama when they're twenty. You know, in two months. Um, so uh, I'm curious. I don't know if you remember the order, but like, were those scenes of Abigail dead your actual last scenes, or had, did you do it out of order so you actually then had to come back to life and play Abigail living and breathing again? I think those were my last scenes. I, th I think, I think, I think Billy, I think, I think Billy shooting at Billy's where it was the last one. I think so. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, tell us about your experience shooting those scenes with Billy. Oh my gosh. You just, oh, I heart, my heart breaks from, cause you know, we're, we're friends. And so it's sad for us to not be working together. Um, it's sad for us that the, the chabby is like coming to an end and then, it's sad for us that, you know, of course this is happening to these characters that we care about and have invested in all this time. So, um, I felt sort of guilty because he had to do a lot of the work for, for those scenes, the finding me and everything on the bed. And, um, and then even just like, yeah, the autopsy table. Uh, yeah, it just, it, it I, he's, but he's amazing. I think Billy's just one of the most talented people I've ever worked with. And I selfishly enjoy watching him but as a friend feel bad that he's having <laughs> having to do it because i'm leaving and all this stuff at the same time too but uh but yeah i think he did an amazing job again i couldn't really see it all i need to and i haven't watched the scenes yet the air scenes so i need to get on there and check it out but i know he's amazing he's amazing no matter what he does yeah it was there so far what we've seen it's very sad it just Heartbreaking. Yeah, it feel yeah. it just it feels real in that way which is why you know, Mar and I have had this discussion before, you know, even though people get upset about deaths, it's like it is part of life and there is something cathartic and, you know, moving to really go through these paces with these characters who you've sure. you know, watched grow up and all of that. So your decision really did leave some good story <laughs> for everybody, Marcy. <laughs> it sure did. Yeah, no, and I'm grateful it did. I mean, it's a, that's a silver lining of the whole thing. Well, as you look back now on this last go round of days, you know, how would you characterize it? versus your first one uh where you you know left after playing like abby laura gabby like i feel like you left there and it was so nuts oh my gosh yeah yeah you know it was a very different experience the first time i was so so worn out and i just like needed the break you know and uh this time it, i i i still felt whole in my departure you know i i 
don't feel like I walked out the door and just like collapsed on my bed and stayed there for two months or anything. You know, I got to walk out with my head held high and hug everybody and really be present throughout the whole exit and just enjoy the time that I had. You know, it just, it didn't feel, yeah. The, the first time I just, I really was so tired. I just was ready to sit down and get, and get out. And this time I was a much more pleasant exit. <laughs> of all that. Yeah. Well, when you think about the, the Marcy who first walked onto the set in 2016 versus the Marcy that walked out, I mean, a lot of life change, a lot of professional change in your life. How do you feel you've changed in that span of time? Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to do soap very long to feel like you've acquired a whole like set, a whole skill set. Really. It's such a specific thing that's so valuable in every other aspect of your whatever of, of this industry. Um, so much more confident on it really. And, uh, a greater sense of the character and understanding. I didn't feel like I was being judged by everybody anymore. You know, I felt like I had gained their respect and, 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 um, affection. And so I didn't feel like I had a sense of anxiety. So I felt like I was able to be a little bit freer, more, more comfortable with Billy, more comfortable with the other people on the show, you know, not as nervous when I've got to do scenes with like Deidre or Teo or all of these people who I grew up watching, you know, that at the first go round, it was sort of like, they were so other from me. Like they were these sort of untouchable folks still at, and, and there's a part of me that still like feels that way about them. I still kind of can fan out about them, but um, they've also been so gracious to me that I feel a part of it too. Like I, I felt, I feel more a part of it this, the second time that I did the first time. Well, Kayla gets all upset. So I guess your sister can watch and maybe <laughs> say how upset she is. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Perfect. I'll let her know. Okay. Um, we're going to go through some of your castmates in no particular order and okay. tell us what you think of them when you hear their names. So okay. let's start with Sal. Sal Stern. Oh, best. She's, she's my best, best. She's my daughter's godmother. I mean, she is just a, one of the best friends I've ever, ever, ever had. Emily O'Brien, <laughs> who plays Gwen. Oh, this woman. Gosh, she is so much fun to work with. I just think she's incredibly smart she brings a really unique perspective um but then she plays the villain so well and and it's great because she takes it super seriously and she executes really well but then like you call cut and we can bust up laughing and fall apart she also understands the absurdity of it all too you know like it's very serious i don't want to like say it's all absurd but um there's some we all know there's some like absurdity to it as well. And it's nice to have that balance in, in the workplace. So she's been a great, great, great partner in this whole song and dance. Well, this is someone who you haven't worked with as much, but had some fun stuff with recently. Uh, Greg Rickhart, who plays Leo. Oh my gosh. I love this man. I like love this man. I, I wish I had worked with him so much more than I actually have. I mean, he's to me, he's the whole kit and caboodle. He's wildly funny, super intentional, so smart, I mean, this like deep, incredible parent, you know, like leading up to my baby being born and shortly after I had her, um, you know, just like trading stories and talking about his experiences and, and all of this. And, and man, he's like giving me pep talks in the hallway. Like, so I love him on screen. I love him off screen. I love him as a person. I just think he's, yeah, I, he's really top tier 
to me. What about Melissa Reeves, one of your Jennifer moms? Man, I know, Missy, gosh, this person too is so, so special. See this, and this is why it's hard to leave because you really have such deep affection for everybody. I mean, Missy to me, she was so nurturing and so loving and kind and generous to me from the get-go and there is something very maternal about her just anyway kind of in the way she relates to to anybody and um yeah I was no exception she swooped in and to care me and help me out and I mean I remember those first weeks I was on that job she was like they'd call cut or we'd have a 10 minute break and I would be like sobbing in the wing because I just felt like I sucked and she would get me all revved up and tell me what I needed to hear. And we'd go back out there 10 minutes later. And it was like actually great that I just sobbed because we're going to use it in the scene and it was perfect. So, um, yeah, I, I really think the world of her, she lives in this similar area as my mom. So I, um, like to try to keep in touch with her and see her when I go, go home and stuff here and there. So I hope to continue to do that well beyond being on the show or not, whether we're on the show or not. Uh, now let's talk about your second mom, Katie McLean. Katie, yeah, Katie. And it's it's amazing because it's such a different relationship. But um, Katie, so like I would say Missy like really nurtured like my personal self in a lot of ways. But Katie is was such a is such a cheerleader for my creative self. You know, she's always like, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. And um, really gives me a lot of inspiring pep talks about studying, staying active, like making sure I'm, I'm really carving out the time to, to progress and improve as an artist because she thinks I got it and can do it. And, you know, like, um, and, and it means a lot to me coming from someone like her, you know, she's knows what she's doing. And, and I just recently did a a little play. Um, she has a theater company. She's a creative director for a theater company in New York. And, we did some like online readings and she asked me to be there. And I was just like, so honored by that, that she would think of me and want me to be there. Like, yeah, I, I think the world of her. What about Matthew Ashford uh, who plays Jack? (laughs) Yeah. I love Matt. He's so cool. Matt is like the dude you absolutely want to sit next to on a plane because he has, I feel like he's such a great conversationalist. He has so much to say. He has so much wisdom. I feel like I could ask him questions about almost anything and get in return. Like if I wanted him to write <laughs> like like a 10-page paper on anything, I feel like he could do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, I just think he's a wealth of information and a beautiful human being. And he works so hard and is super committed to the work. I was so grateful that he came back, um, that he was there. Because the first time I wasn't there, um, he was not on canvas and, and that was one of the relationships that I was really bummed about. So, um, yeah, I, I love Matt Ashford and he's, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. He's, he's really special, special guy. Uh, what about your TV brother, Casey Moss, who just got engaged? Casey did get engaged. Oh man, this guy, he is so sweet. He is such a fun person, hardworking, um, and just chill, man. Like I like the way he works so much. He has a really grounded approach to the work. He tries to keep it pretty natural, not overthink it, not overplay it. And that's always, those are always really good reminders for me because you have these big scripted moments, you know, um, it's easy to feel like you want to like go with it and make it really big and crazy, but there's something interesting to play against it and keep it grounded and rooted and 
and um, natural. And so, um, yeah, I really admire his talent and, and appreciate being reminded to do the work in a, a thoughtful and intentional kind of way. So, and I'm so glad he's engaged. Yeah. I was wondering, I actually was wondering that down that long ago. So he and Drew have been together for a long time. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, well, someone that Abigail was less close to uh, is Gabby, but tell us about uh, Camila Manus. Yeah. Camila is very special to me too. I mean, she was one of the people when I very, very first came in, um, who extended her hand, heart and self to me. And at the time, Abby and Gabby were, besties they were kind of trying to like play that up and um yeah she I think I felt seen by her I felt like she understood what I was trying to do and and I watched her a lot too because she seemed to me like she had like an effortless confidence like she was unapologetic about who she was but she was so like cool and humble and so I really observed her a lot not just be, not because I, I didn't know I was going to be playing Gabby um but I just like even professionally the way she handled herself and did the red carpets and everything um I I really she was really an example to me and I felt like yeah she was just a, a was very professional and, and effortless in the way that she did it and good to her fans and, and not afraid, not afraid of the camp, not afraid of the camera and what this job and, and everything demands of us. You know, she just grabbed it with both hands and, and ran with it. So that was good for a new, a newbie like me to, to see. Well, I did joke about your sister being named after her, but I feel as though they put a lot of scenes between Kayla and Abigail because Jennifer wasn't on the canvas. So tell us about right. Beth Evans. Yeah, she's all this woman too. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, this woman, whoever you're sitting across from this woman, like you, you leave feeling like a million bucks or like you've been exposed to something really, really special. You know, it's like, wow, that person, that's a really special person. Um, she too, she's been super con just, I'm sorry, Mike. I just saw my daughter's little tiny head just walk out from the door. <laughs> it's like, go back in there. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes. So she too, she's just been very, uh, she's just a fun person to be around. I really appreciate her groundedness too. She's another person who takes the work seriously, but doesn't take it too seriously. Um, has a great time. I really admire who she is as a mother and as a person. Um, asked her a lot of questions about her relationship with her kids. And she's always been really sweet asking to see like pictures and videos and wanting to know how I was doing. And, and uh, there's something about her to me too. Um, that also feels very maternal, probably in a similar way, not the same as Missy, it's a, a different version of it, but those are kind of the two women, two of the women that I remember my mom, like really talking about when she was watching it. And when I was in high school watching it, um, yeah, I, I think the world of her, if I could like be her and yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> a lot of things she says, I secretly think I'm doing that. I'm doing that the way she hosts. Christmas every year and Thanksgiving. I'm like, I'm doing that. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned them earlier. So I would love to hear now that, you know, you have some years of working with them under your belt. What about Deirdre and Taya? Oh man. I, Deirdre Hall to me too. She's sort of this person. She, she is like the person that I think about when I say, I mean, cause it was the whole Marlena um, possessed by the devil storyline. Like that was the big, the big thing that I was watching in high school. And so for me, even still, I can get a little nervous and I, I joke with my makeup artist. Like if, if I'm, if Deidre comes by while I'm getting my makeup done and then she leaves, 
I'll always be like, was I okay? Was it okay? Was, did I make it? <laughs> was that okay? And she's always like, stop it. You're fine. You're totally fine. So it's, it, it had, there has been an arc to it, uh, my relationship with her, because initially, you know, it's like, okay, I'm anything you want me to be while I'm in front of you. What do you want me to be? It's like this constantly, like, how can I chameleon myself to be exactly who you would think was really great? <laughs> and now, now it has settled out and I feel like we have a more genuine relationship. Uh, I mean, on, she's always been genuine. I'm sure I'm hardly intimidating, but I, um, yes, now have felt like, she and I can, can have a chat in the hall. And, and she too, like, while I was pregnant, shared stories about having her kids and, and, and being a mother and has always expressed so much interest in, in seeing the photos and seeing the videos. And she emails me from time to time just because, and tells me to stay close. And, um, yeah, half of me as a coworker is just like, really moved by her intention and then half of me as a fangirl is like, okay, I'm printing these all out and I'm putting them in an album together. So, <laughs> so. Um, and Teo, Teo is, I mean, Teo is, what is Teo not? Teo is like everything. <laughs> like Teo is funky. Teo is fun. Teo is smart. Teo is super poetic. Teo is very creative and, and worldly and his just, his perspective and approach to life in general. Um, I don't know. I just have this image of, of him like cooking a Branzino with like a glass of some like French incredible white something that I've never heard of and sitting down just, just for himself with like a, at a 12 foot table with a candelabra lit in the center. Like, I feel like that's just how he lives life. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but it seems like it must be right. Caviar as an appetizer every, every Thursday or something like that. <laughs> I love it. I, I could very, I could see yep. that as well. Right? Yeah. I think you nailed it. Yes. 100%. <laughs> um, okay. And last but not least, we're going to ask you to say things about Billy Flynn. Billy. Oh man. Billy, man. If I could have handpicked a partner for this, it would have been him. I mean, he and I really lucked out getting to have each other. I, I think I can speak for him when I say that, but um, we have a lot of similarities and a lot in, a, in the way we approach the work and who we are and the way we're raised and like our processes and, and all of this stuff outside of just genuinely having a lot of respect and, and quite simply just enjoying who the other person is. I find him so fun to work with. Um, he is really committed to the character. He's always looking to bring something fresh and unique. He's always looking like beyond the page to see what he can do to make them more human and relatable and real. Um, I learned from him. I find if there's anybody's opinion and, and like stamp of approval, I want more on that show. Like it's his and, and he's one of my best buds. Um, but still like for him to tell me good work, it means a lot more to me than most everybody else on that show. So I love him very much. We love to hear it. All right. So switching gears a little bit, the daytime Emmys are coming up and you are nominated again. Uh, congratulations. And you are up for lead actress. So tell us first of all, how you reacted to news of your nomination. Yeah, man. I was so, <laughs> I was so surprised. I was just at home with my kid and like, you know, just, pajamas, teeth not brushed yet, like whatever, hanging out and got a text message from Billy. So it was like all such a, such a juxtaposition. It's like, okay, I just got nominated for this thing. I'm going to wear this gown and I'm going to be all these things that I'm absolutely not right now. <laughs> like, <it> just, 
sort of interesting. Was like, I don't feel like a person who just got nominated for a daytime Emmy right now, but but yeah, I was. I'm always honored. I had did not. Ex- I expected it less this year, probably than any of the other years. Um, yeah, but it's now, especially like with leaving and the death of Abby and everything, it just feels like. I'm really grateful for it, even more so than I would be. It feels like a, a really great way to, really a great note to end on. So, mm-hmm. well, what scenes did you submit? I submitted stuff with uh, Gwen and Billy, where I find out that Gwen stayed in the um, hotel with Billy all night long. And at first, I'm kind of like, well, why did you, you know, it seems to me like you would have taken advantage of him last night. And then she kind of has this realization moment where she's like, oh, wait a second. Wait, did you stay with him last night? And so she has this cool um, shift, cool pivot emotionally. Um, Then I submitted the scenes where I find out that she's pregnant with Chad's baby. Then I submitted some scenes with Billy where I'm just discussing... I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of crying and upset and, and at, at like what Emily's character has made me become. And, uh, I, I don't know how to get past it. And Billy wants to help me get past it. And, um, yeah, how do I, how do I move forward with all these things? So, um, yeah, those, those three chunks. Who are you taking with you? I'm taking the hubs, Ryan Madison. Mm-hmm. And have you chosen a dress yet? No, I hate shopping. So, but I'm very picky. So it's sort of frustrating space to be in, but um, I'm going to work with a stylist this year named Francesca Giovanni. Um, Sal connected me to her. And so she and I are getting together on Thursday for the first time and she's going to bring me some options and hopefully we'll, we'll come up with something good. That's brilliant. Uh, Well, we we recently saw some adorable, awesome uh, evidence online that the leading ladies luncheon took place. So tell us about uh, the luncheon experience and getting to hang out with your uh, sister nominees. With yeah. a guest star, your daughter. Yeah. Yes. I know. I said she was in my belly for all the scenes I submitted. So she probably had <laughs> much right to be there as I did really. So, okay. I'll take that extra hormonal boost. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what do you get when you, so I keep joking, like, what do you get when you cross like a pregnant woman in a pandemic and who's a soap actor with a bunch of pregnancy hormones? <laughs> like, that's why I got nominated. Um, <laughs> Um, the, but that, that luncheon is like one of my favorite things. I always look forward to that outside of the actual event itself. That's probably the thing. I mean, it's always such a a wealth of, of information and experience. And we get to see these other women from these other shows for one, one time a year, really. Um, and so it's affirming, it's cathartic, it's, motivating, inspiring. It's so many things just because we, um, I hear she cups again. Oh, so funny. Um, we, there's just a lot of wisdom in that room too, you know? So it always feels really good. I always feel, I always leave feeling really full in a lot of ways. Like just, I mean, yeah, she had, she had a great time and yeah, it was cool for me. I was like, Sunday, I'm going to get to show you a picture of like Laura Wright holding you on her knee. Like, like that's cool to me. Yeah. So I would yeah. like to see, you know, obviously who knows what the future holds, but I feel like Jackie Wood has three very handsome little boys that could oh, potentially be suitors. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I hear that her kids. And oh man, she is champing out. She had her baby like two weeks ago and she was there looking so good. I could not, I was just amazed. I was amazed by her. I saw the photos. I'm like, it's hard to believe she just had a baby. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good for you. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. So. Okay, well, we did discuss Willet. She turned one in March. So how would you describe your first year of motherhood and how she's doing? Yeah, she's amazing. Honestly, I feel like, man, she is so easy. And I don't know, like I knew, I feel like I knew who she was going to be before she was even here. Like I just had this sense of who she was and her personality. And I might be totally wrong 10 years, 10, 15, 20 years from now. But for now, (laughs) she's um, so easygoing. And and motherhood is this crazy thing. Like, I mean, shout out to the mothers in the world because prior to being one, I did not realize that the earth was spinning on its axis because they were waking up at four o'clock every morning. (laughs) Like, like I feel like moms really just kind of make the world go around. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of that tribe now. And it's been hard in moments for sure. I can't imagine anybody not like having that experience. You're exhausted, you're tired, you know, and, and then working too. It's like you're pumping and you're trying to put on your makeup because it's COVID. And then you're trying to FaceTime because it's COVID to run your lines, but you got to make sure your pumping isn't showing in there while you're doing it. And um, Yeah. So motherhood and work and all of that was hard, but it was very, very uh, gratifying. And, and it's just one of the loveliest experiences of, of my life. I mean, even here, we were flying, flying to Colorado a couple days ago and she's sitting on my lap and for the first 10 minutes of the flight, she's got her hand on the window just going, Oh wow. Oh wow. And she's flown before, but never at this age where she like, she just has more awareness and everything. And it's like, yeah, you're right. You know, we forget to take these things. We take these things for granted. We're on a piece of machinery that's flying 30,000 miles in the air. You're right. Oh, wow. This is impressive. <laughs> um, yeah. So she's, she's the greatest teacher of my, of my life thus far, I think. Well, I remember tearing up at the Father's Day post that you, uh, that you wrote for your husband. It was so sweet and so eloquent. But tell us what it's been like to watch their bond and also see your husband become a dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's such a special guy, man. I just feel like I really hit the jackpot with uh, with this one. And we <laughs> got married so young, like right out of college, you know, and we just were like, oh my gosh, we got so lucky. We hardly feel like we hardly knew each other before we got married, but we like each other and are still married. And, you know, we're, we just really are so fortunate, but, um, I knew he would be such a special dad and such a special like girl dad too, specifically. Um, he's a very sensitive man. He's very in tune. He's super aware, but then he's goofy and like the life of the party. So I knew that his version of fatherhood was, was really going to just like we we were, I was going to see the best of him, the best version of him I have ever seen. And I, I do, I mean, we just got here, he was in Colorado and we're here visiting him. He's gone a slew of days without seeing her and just like how hard that's been for him and like seeing them reunite and the way they just like play together. I mean, there is no sweeter experience for me than, than watching him do this. And as a, a woman who did not grow up with a father too, like it, it feels like, I'm so grateful to be the end of like a cycle. This is what I've always having him as the father figure of my family, the patriarch of my family is like what I've dreamed about since I've been eight years old, you know, and, and then to have met him and to now have him and be enjoying it. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's it. I feel like I'm, I'm really living the good life right now. Well, yeah. we're going to give you some bragging time. So tell us what Willet is up to. What trick? She's obviously talking and <laughs> acknowledging things. Yes, this child. Oh, my gosh. She's super verbal. She talks, talks, talks. She loves to play. Right now, she loves to kick the ball. Actually, since she's been about eight or nine months old, like, she's all about the soccer ball. Like, she wants to kick it, and she does this thing where she, like, she'll get it in the corner, and she puts her foot right on top of it and rolls it backwards. She's, like, figured that out, and... um loves to dance, loves to hop. She's, um, I don't know. She just loves to go, go, go. She's definite party animal. If there, she does not want to eat or sleep. If there's anything cool, she doesn't want to eat. She doesn't want to sleep. She just wants to go, 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 go. Uh, yeah, but she's very, very sweet. She sings and, uh, it's like the best feeling in the world. She sings her song, this little song. And all it is is mama. It's like, Mama, mama, mama. And it's just so silly and sweet. But she likes to do high kicks. Now she's walking around. She kicks her leg and she says, hey hey <laughs> It's so funny. She knows where her ears and eyes and nose and knees and elbows and wrists and all these things are. And she wants to wear everything. Like, honestly, she wants to wear my clothes all the time. The day that we went shopping for the Emmy dress with Sal, I thought this kid was going to lose her mind. I have so many videos of her just like freaking out over the sequins and Sal like holding her up and trying to put these, hold these dresses up to her. Um, so she, she likes to like play dress up. And I think like, I think the bag she thinks is, was maybe like an article of clothing or something. So she, whether it's a shirt or a bag or a scarf or anything, or just like a long ribbon or anything, she wants to put it on her and she wants to start walking around and then she wants to go and she wants to see herself. And, um, yeah, she's so funny. Ugh, it is just, I don't know. It's such a hoot. I, die, I mean, all parents are like this, but I could literally sit and watch her just breathe every all day long. It's so silly. I think that's absolutely awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, rumors, you know, of what was going to come for Abigail and then uh, confirmation uh, that Abigail was going to die created, you know, a huge emotional reaction in Dave's fans. So I'm curious to hear, you know, what that meant to you that, uh, that the character that you played had that kind of impact on the viewers. Mm, yeah, of course. I mean, it's super meaningful. I mean, I'm no dummy. I know that that the character and and my work and me as a as an actor and all of that like that's really nothing without a fan base and people who are interested in it and interested in the stories and God, I really just I really felt bad for him and I felt bad for him that it came out. I, I don't I don't really know exactly how it came out. It wasn't supposed to come out when it came out. So then it was just like this this long. I think it really colored you know what they were seeing on screen at the time too. You know, I think it, it impacted the way they were able to enjoy what was left of, of the character in her journey. Um, so yeah, I, I felt badly for them for that, for those reasons. Um, and it's just something, it's the end of something they've been so devoted to. I just, uh, I, I felt bad, but, um, but it meant a lot to me that, there was such a strong opinion and that they wanted the character to continue and, and were verbal about that and, and the whole nine. So they're, they're very, gosh, just really very sweet people. Um, is there anything you want to say directly to them? Oh yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for all of my coming and my going and my up, my downs, like, like for just embracing me and whatever I have had to bring to Abby at the time and for being understanding and patient with me as I learn and figure out how to 
ride this like daytime horse here. Um, it, it has meant a lot to me and really informed so much of my, my experience and, and yeah, been a very crucial and part of, of all of it for me. So I, without them, it's, it's, it's nothing. We're, we're flat on our backs. Well, obviously this is airing now, this material, but you filmed it a while back. So tell us about what you've been doing since you wrapped and um, have you shot other projects thus far? Yeah, yeah, I did. I shot a film called Give Me My Money. Uh, worked on that starting about six weeks after I left the show. Um, it was amazing, really just an amazing experience beginning to end. It's an action comedy. I get to play this like badass action gal you know something and i and i remember i got the audition i was like oh this is not me this is not me you want somebody like like that's i'm been pumping iron for the last like six months and really hitting it um and then i got the job and i was like wow this is incredible to me um but bill vigil wrote this piece and directed it and it's just a gaggle of characters who are chasing after this one woman that's me for reasons i won't disclose but um we had incredible stunt people i got to do things i never thought i would ever do in my lifetime like jumping off roofs and hopping fences and these fight sequences that were super in-depth and and um these guys who played opposite me are these super they've just been doing stunts for 20 30 years tim sitars played the bear in the revenant and did all these whatever all these other things tomaraz these anyway these people who've worked with jackie chan for ages and and just really know what they're doing uh jane austen is the stunt coordinator and she helped do all that stuff and figure it all out but um they just made me look so cool, way cooler than I probably actually am. But it, it, <laughs> it was really, really fun. So they're taking that to Cannes, I think, to try to sell it. I mean, we just wrapped on it not that long ago, so it's not edited and it's not done. And, and I don't know, but fingers crossed. I, I, think it, I, I think it will come out somewhere. I think it'll come out somewhere pretty easily. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what or where or when, um, but I, I feel pretty confident about, about it. Mm-hmm. And how are you feeling about just the Colorado home base? You're just planning on going back and forth to LA or wherever it takes you? Yeah, yeah. We're just, we're kind of all over the place, man. And we're, we're, we've always been nomadic folk and happy to do that. I mean, we just found out some friends are moving to Nicaragua, Nicaragua for a year. And we're like, we could do that. We could do that. You know, we could just, we're at a stage of our life. You know, we feel like we've got a few years before Willett starts school, before we have to really plant, you know, plant ourselves and stay put while she goes to school and has some stability and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're very open to all kinds of things, but yes, I, we will be in and out of LA quite a bit too. I imagine. Um, yeah, who knows? It, it could be anything. Well, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about how you have no current plans to, you know, have Abigail resurrected in six months or whatever, but right. in general, are you open to the idea that, Somewhere down the line, you and Abigail could meet again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, always. It would have to be like a lot of things would have to line up just right to, in order for it to make sense. But um, you know, it. I'm I'm very I'm I'm open to it. I'll, I'll never say never, um, but not but not right now for sure. For sure, not right now, but never never. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll hold you to that. Um, Marcy, thank you so much for talking to us today and just for all the cooperation over the years. We will miss you. But awesome. We hope we have a reason to talk to you soon. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me here. I really, really means a lot. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Marcy Miller for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. <laughs>